I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's show is sponsored by Jean Rose, who would like to ask you to give something to a very good cause. But it's not money, it's something much more vital, much more fundamental than that. You see, she wants your spit. Or at least, your saliva. Let me explain. Every year, many people are diagnosed with leukaemias and lymphomas. These are cancers of the blood and lymphatic system. Unfortunately, her husband is one of these people, having been diagnosed with rare incurable lymphoma in 2012. Some of those diagnosed will at some point in their treatment require a stem cell transplant. This won't necessarily be a cure, but can help people live longer and more fulfilled lives. And here's where you can help. Request a spit kit from either antoninolan.org, if you're aged between 16 to 30, or deletebloodcancer.org.uk, if you're aged between 17 to 55. Simply follow the instructions, give a sample of your saliva, and that's it. Your saliva is tight-matched, and you'll be placed on a register which is searched when someone needs a transplant. You could quite literally save someone's life. How great is that? And it won't cost you anything. Thank you from Auntie Jean. That was lovely. She does her best, but I still think of the St. Stephen's organ as Phil's. Phil's Sunday relief has popped over to New York to visit her niece, and she wanted to keep her hand in and 
has to use our facilities for Easter while she was away. She'd brought her best dairy boots to wear in New York, but she still found the bottom parts a bit tricky. While she was tinkling our ivories, she actually did a dumpty-dum on our very own organ bench, and I was lucky enough to be there to catch the download. Over and out from New York, Nigel, and happy Easter from Falder. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about reality docudrama that centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the 65th birthday party that is Roy Field Brown, and with me are the kleptomaniac guest that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Eddie's celebrations, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum is from Valder in New York, and New York Nigel, who shows off his organ. <laughs> his church organ, folks. And uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the week? If they've got a Valder... And if they've got an organ, they want to give it a whirl. <laughs> if you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or become chair of BL for the next week at least. Then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks also to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Derek is in a very good mood this week. He was chatting with Peggy Woolley about the resignation of Ian Duncan Smith and they both agreed that they've got no time for that kind of woolly liberalism. Oh, <laughs> proper turn up that, isn't it? <laughs> what a liar, honestly. Uh, you know, uh, about, oh, God. Europe! It's about Europe! Just say it! It's not about flipping disability benefit, you burk. Anyway. He's just an old-fashioned one-nation Tory, and, <laughs> and he says if we're all in it together, we should all be in it together. On this week's episode, we have a call from Goddess Diva by proxy, who's fed up with Pip. Vicky from Cambridge, who's finally seen the... Vicky from Cambridge is finally seeing the point of Cow to Boggan, Andrew Horn, who's learnt a lot, Felicity and Jojo Sexheels, who can both see attempted murder, and Witherspoon, who's surprised by George. But first, before the caller in us, before news of reviews, before Millie Bell, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> Bert lost it with Linda. Sadly, not to Linda. He lost it with Carol Toboggan as proxy Linda about her admittedly ludicrously pompous scheme to open her garden to the public to celebrate their survival of the flood. Bert lost his wife. Linda nearly lost her dog. You can see why she's the natural choice. I'm confused now. We've got Linda's detergent garden or whatever it's called. Bert's garden for Frida. The bull planting a rose for Frida. What next? Why not rename the village Watery Doom and do tours of the Frida <laughs> Fry Memorial Hen House? Shula leapt out at Docky Locky from behind the rhododendrons as he came back from a run. She'd followed him up and down Lakey Hill, so she was panting a bit. He said, I'll pop something on over my top, and Shula said, no need, best let the air get to you, and pulled his shorts down. Daniel is back from his regimental rugby tour. Full of it, he was, said Shula. Brian, surprise, surprise, has been made chair of BL and emperor of the known world. Jenny Darling described Justin as a cunning man. Yes, he is a cunning man now, Jenny Darling, but the second he appears in real life, you'll be hurling yourself at his brogues and smearing venison pasties all over his share options with your tongue out. Joe told Eddie about his super secret surprise that they were going to tell him about anyway. So that was hilarious. Why does anybody bother? Honestly, Linda appears to be reproducing the Jarrow marches with her class-conscious socialist uprising interpretation of Beatrix Potter. Ooh. Jemima Puddleduck as a suffragette leader of the trade union on behalf of the National 
Association of Carrot Growers, Peter Rabbit, and Flopsy Mopsy Cottontail and Derek Fletcher are striking course <laughs> miners. Uh, Ruth and Pip were left trying to practice with the cows. Push them into the building, drag them out. Apparently, said Ruth, they have to convince the cows to go into that building because there are lovely dairy nuts in there. The only dairy nuts anyone's interested in locking in a building are her and David. But there we are. Lillian and Jenny Darling were trying to out blue stocking each other about Latin inscriptions above St. Paul's. And then we had a big chat about fonts. At one stage, Jim was just reading them off the font list on Microsoft Word. Garamond, Times, <laughs> Roman. Is this what we pay our license fee for? Yes, as it happens, it is, if it means it keeps us out of Gaslight Cottage. Pip is on a rescue mission to save her relationship with Matthew, making the long journey up to Cumbria. She could take a corpse with her in the passenger seat for old time's sake and call me Cassandra, but I can see this not ending entirely well. She will be plummeting into the arms of a fair buttock before we can say dairy nuts. Don't do it, Pip. You'll have children called Clementine and India and you'll have to go to Tuscany every year. Sorry, yah. We end the week <laughs> on a shocking note. Um, I hope you all heard the advisory warning at the end of the episode and it's certainly about time the BBC put this on. If any of you have been affected by Wayne Tucson's singing, there is help of it. <laughs> the end! That was shocking, wasn't it? Ooh, that singing. I was I was staring in incredulity at my radio and also it's the wrong Wayne, isn't it? It's a new Wayne. Um, to be honest with you, I... Didn't, I wasn't around Old Wayne long enough to know that it was even a new Wayne. Because yeah, Old Wayne had quite a nice jolly voice, but he did sound a bit like Alf. So whether mm. Old Wayne is now new Alf, oh God. But anyway, new Wayne, I don't like him and he can't sing. Mm. So there. Which, go, you know, somewhat destroys the very heart of that character because he's supposed to be a singer, isn't he? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. As well as a bit of a ne'er-do-well yep. and a baker. And a baker. Interests. There do welling and baking. Thoughts and feelings of the last week there, Lucy Freeman. Um, away from your, your, your monologue stuff. Um, you got any? Um, Gaslight Cottage. I can see an end in sight. I'm feeling relieved. Uh, I uh, can... Somebody cheered me up immensely by saying that they'd read ahead in the Radio Times and it said, Helen makes a phone call or something on Good Friday. So I was thinking, yay, she'll ring refuge or she'll ring Kirsty or she'll ring somebody. Um, I thought that was very well done, the call with Kirsty and the refuge person. Well, uh, it was uh, a public information uh, show, wasn't it? it yes. Was, um, and I know that we have uh, a many listeners, many old-time listeners of... Um, had a go at this storyline uh but we have to at least take our hats off to the fact that um not only has this uh storyline given uh great awareness to us as individuals uh that gaslighting exists that coercive um what was the expression coercive, coercive control coercive control is a thing because i didn't mm. know it was a thing um it's garnered lots of press and publicity you know yeah. in, in the media um so and and we have to acknowledge that and we have to then say that actually this goes back to the original remit of the archers which is to educate and also to inform it's just mm. that you know it's not about farming techniques so yeah. uh mr o uh we doff our caps to you in in that regard 
Um, but all I've got to say is it's two years. Yeah. You know, two years yeah. you know, of, of, of the same thing. Um, um, a listener said to me that her hubby said that it's uh, abuse porn. Yes, there is an element of that, yeah. Yeah, you know, we are seeing yeah. how you can do it in every conceivable way. Yeah. A um, couple of instances of marital rape now. Yeah. You know, um, just... But I tell you what, let's not call it marital rape. Let's just call it rape. Because rape is rape, isn't it? Lucy, well done. Yes, you know. Um, Yes. He's done it twice, at Mm. least. Yeah. Right, and on that... When he he said about, oh, yes, no, let's have a nice evening in, I was thinking, ah, (laughs) no, don't Mm. leave, you know. Oh, God, it's just terrible. Um, Yeah. Right, uh, let's crack on with some calls. Oh, um, no, oh, hang on. Yeah. There was an inconsistency that I wanted to... Stop um, it. Inconsistencies with the characters I, and storylines on the arches. I know. That's why it sprung to mind, Roy. For no <laughs> uh, what the hell was it? Um, I was very moved, I was, by Alf coming back, even though I'm not quite sure about him, um, uh, and Joe's reaction. I thought it was very sweet. Joe no, sounded a bit wobbly all of a sudden. No, it did. It, it did. And it this didn't take me back to the arches of about 20 years ago, actually. Mm. And then the fact that, you know, money's gone out of Clary's purse already, you know, so... I don't remember Alf at all. No, it's not that I specifically actually remember Alf, but I remember that Eddie does have a brother or did have a brother who on occasion did, did wander in and was absolutely a wrong one. Mm. You know, not not in a totally kind of evil way, in a, in a kind of slightly pathetic way. Um, kind of that's what I remember. And and for me, it's in kind of in stark contrast to, you know, the storyline, which is kind of dominating yeah. the airwaves, really. Yeah. That we are remembering that um, the Grundys, specifically, there's a wider unit to the, to, to the Grundys. There are the other Grundy characters who occasionally do kind of wander in and wander out type of thing. But that's all specifically... I couldn't tell you one storyline with Alf, but I just know that, you know, Eddie does Is have... there, um... Do you think this 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 stuff going missing... Because it's quite, it's quite ambiguous, isn't it? Stuff going missing out of te- Clary's purse. Mm. And then he makes a big fuss about how he um, has brought stuff in from outside of the farm shop to pay for it, mm. rather than just... Is this going to be one of those things where he gets accused and then he says, no, I'm going straight now, I can't believe you didn't believe me, blah, 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 and it's all going to be about redemption sort of thing? Uh, you know what? I think so. And that's the reason why it sounds like deja vu all over again. Because, uh, you know, we've had this kind of similar thing, yeah. I believe, with uh, whether it's with Clive Horobin, whether it's with Alf. It's, you know, it's, yeah. case of, uh, you know. I'll tell you what, Alf's voice, though, sounds exactly like um, Tracy Horobin's dad, Susan's dad. Which reminds me. Whatever where where happened, is she? Yeah. yeah. I liked her. She was she, funny. Yeah, she was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, but just faded out in, into nothingness, yeah. just as she was getting going. Yeah, yes. You know. Yeah, I don't mind the retiring people who are kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, um, <clears throat> just minor or secondary or sort of on their on their way out anyway. Their storylines run its course, but just to, you know, when someone's just got going, it seems you know just got into third gear. It seems mm. a bit rude to suddenly throw them into reverse. But anyway, and who, there we are. Who was she? Who was she chasing after? Somebody inappropriate. She kind of quite fancied. Ifty. 
Was it Ifty? Iftakar, yeah. Ah. Yes. So it was her against old tent flaps, and that didn't work out very well, did it? <laughs> Who's now businesswoman of the, the well, decade. well, not nominated. Yeah, she'd be yeah. nominated. Anyway, right, now, calls. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy V. Freeman? Andrew Horn. Oh, <clears throat> horny boy. What's horny oh, boy? Horny, got... horny boy? I'm not sure we should call him that. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been, he's just been off skiing, don't you know? Personal criticism in that, or personal uh, comment, no, anyway. No, 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 no. Not, not, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. All right. Um, no, he's just been off skiing. Has he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, pictures of me all over the Book of Base on the Piste. Ah. Yes. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. I have to say, the storyline that shall not be mentioned is, is catching up with me now. I felt physically sick on uh, Monday night when I was listening to the, the recounting of the sleepwalking and how she'd been uh, um, frightening Henry and then the, the grooming before going to the... Uh, to see the specialist, it was just, um, I think the Guardian have used the word, or the independent, creepy. Um, it's, it's beyond that. It is just horrific. Um, but looking for brighter things, what, what good can come out of this? I mean, outside the story, I've learned an awful lot um, about this, about a subject I didn't know anything about, really. And um, and I know uh, Candida Beeching feels the same from a tweet I saw earlier today. And there's, of course, the wonderful fundraising. So all I'm going to think about is focus on the positives. If all this activity prevents Helen uh, having similar similar things to someone like Helen in the future, then some good will come out of it. Well, yes, he says he learned a lot from Helen and Rob. Everyone's talking about, you know, everyone's talking about it as if it's sort of ending, aren't they? Which is good. Uh... Someone tweeted me on my Lucy V. Freeman account and said, could you tell me when it's finished and then I can come back? <laughs> so it's, you know, you sort of feel responsible for people who aren't who aren't listening. Um, uh, yeah, I think we all learnt a lot. Uh, don't want to learn any more. Thank you very much. Got it now. Um, but we now move on to Felicity and Jojo Sexy Heels who have various intriguing ideas about how this could end. Hello, Lucy and Ryfield and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Felicity. Hope you're feeling very chirpy and spring-like or autumn-like if you're down under. Um, In terms of how long I've been listening, I can go back to the beautiful, dark, velvet voice of Nelson Gabriel and the days when he had an antique shop and I think Kenton was part of the antique shop and then they set up a wine bar together. So that's, that's how far back I go. I have been listening on and off ever since, and at the moment it's very much on. And like Lucy, every time we go over to Blossom Hill Cottage, I'm glued to the kitchen counter, um, except I'm actually hunched over the radio with my hands metaphorically around my head for protection against whatever blows it's going to deliver. I wonder if Mr O.C. is going out with a bang rather than a whimper, and that when Helen finds out about... Rob's plans to send Henry away to school, there will be an almighty physical confrontation and we will be left with the long-running story of a trial for either murder or attempted murder. 
Oh dear. Bye for now. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Uh, was at the centenary edition at the BBC in London. Was a really good night. Enjoyed meeting so many new faces. Another hundred episodes. Who knows where the uh, where the show could be? My thoughts this week are around the um, story that should not be named. I just had this moment and I thought, I know how it's going to get resolved. I think that Titchy Nob's comeuppance is going to be caused because he has been trying to persuade Helen that she is the one with the mental health problems. He's pushed her now to uh, actually go to um, seek treatment. And so now everybody knows. She's also mentioned the fact that she's sleepwalking. I think that Helen is going to sleepwalk and will actually kill Titchy Knob in her sleep. And of course it will go to a trial and everything and she will be found not guilty because the balance of her mind was disturbed at the time and she'll get away with it. And if she does it even when she's sober or awake or not even sleepwalking, she can just say she was because all the evidence is there. So she's going to get away with it. So that, I hope, is going to be the resolving of the uh, of the whole storyline. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Vicky from Cambridge here. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for a brilliant, brilliant 100th episode. Um, it was lovely being there. So enjoyed it and seeing everybody. It was absolutely fabulous. And to a lady called Kate, who I spent most of the evening chatting to. And it was a real pleasure to meet you. Um, right. Reason for the call. Um, I'm afraid it is about that story that can't be named, but it's a positive. I'm not going to talk about the details of the story, but what I did want to say is woohoo for Carol Toboggan. I never saw the point of her before, but I do now. Um, and if she'd like to make up a dodgy potion for you know who, then that would be great. Um, and the other thing was Kirsty, um, listening to her talking to presumably the Samaritans or whatever the helpline was, but. I hope this could be a real positive to come from, from that storyline, apart from the, the, the wonderful things like, like Paul Truman's collection and, and what that's done. Um, it was just a real pleasure to listen to that, and I hope that these two women are going to take Helen in hand and turn the story around. Um, very interesting hearing what you were saying on last week's podcast about um, possibly her um, doing a flit before Easter, because um, looking in the... Ra- oh, no, I'm not allowed spoilers, am I? But looking in the Radio Times... I think you might be right. Well, I hope so anyway. So thanks again. All the very best. Keep up a fabulous podcast and toodaloo. So attempted murder. Either Mm. Helen is going to sleepwalk over to Rob and accidentally on purpose chop his head off. Um, I thought you were going to say she was going to bobbit him then. Well, yeah, no, I was thinking that. Then I thought, no, he wouldn't die enough. So he'd need to be having to actually have his head chopped off. I wouldn't trust him anyway. If he chopped that off, it would just regrow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and yeah, so we've got the sleepwalking thing or somehow he's going to hurt Helen so badly that he's going to be on a charge of attempted murder. I don't think so. I think that despite the the uh, introduction of ha, 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 Ursula, um, pantomime Ursula. Oh, no, she didn't. Um, I did find myself practising saying Robert the other day like she does. Oh, you're quite right, Robert. Um, uh, that um, despite the, the sort of introduction of that uh, ridiculousness, um, I think that it's going to stick to being very realistic and I think that Helen is going to see her chance 
to escape. She's going to wait until Ursula and um, Ursula and uh, Robert are out of the way. She's going to Hel- uh, Henry um, is going to say, "I'm going to Daddy's new school," um, which is going to put the fear of God into her. Henry is her touch point. He's her. He's her line that she doesn't cross. Uh-huh. She'll put up with anything for herself, but she won't put up with anything mm. for Henry. And she will grab Henry and they will flit to Kirsty's house, who will talk to the refuge lady and get her put in, in, in somewhere safe. What I didn't quite understand, stroke believe, was the fact that considering Rob's playing for very high stakes with the beginning of Parcel he Henry. What, exactly. Why yeah. would you do that to yeah. a five-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if he's excited, he's not going to be able to keep that no. in. No. You know, if well, he's worried and scared about it, he's not going to be able to, he's going to be wet in the bed even more. Yeah. You know, it, I think it's 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 partly Rob's um, superhuman belief that he can control everything and that he just says to Henry, do not tell. Henry will not tell. Because um, they like to test people mm-hmm. to, to see how much they can, how far their control goes. Um but also, I think he needs to warm Henry up to the idea so that when he does talk about it in front of Helen and Helen says, well, what do you think, Henry? Henry will go, I think it's a great idea. You sounded just like him. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Rob. <laughs> <sighs> but you sounded a little bit more present and in the room, though, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not recorded three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good Henry. Well done. <laughs> Goodness, Shambry's got to run, run for a money on that. <laughs> I can impersonate a mentally backward four-year-old or whatever it is. <laughs> made him sound so dense. <laughs> I, I think you're right, though. Uh, you put your finger on it. That's the reason why he's told him. So when the when the reveal comes to Mama, yeah. that um, he can say, "Well, you know, I'm really excited," because mm. otherwise it's, it's just bonkers beyond yeah. belief. Bonkers beyond belief. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Um, is, is there is there any more? Um... No, fed up of talking about it now. Okay. Don't no, don't care. Just get it over with. It's like going to the dentist. I know it's got to come. I know it's going to hurt. I won't like it. I'll feel a lot happier afterwards. So I don't want to discuss how nervous I feel about it. I just want it to happen. Mm. Yes. All right. <laughs> And I might treat myself to an Eccles cake afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Angus is exhausted. He's just been barn dancing along with most of Ambridge in celebration of Eddie's 65th. It's been a busy week in Ambridge. First, I'll give my font recommendations to Linda. Copperplate Gothic Bold. Why? I don't know. It sounds impressive enough for Linda's taste. Speaking of Linda, why did Brian fall for her charade, or charade if you prefer, about casting? He would never have believed that the designation of Justin as a robber baron was purely coincidental, and then be so easily connived into staying in the production. Brian does seem to have a weakness for giving in to smooth-talking women. I had to chuckle when Pip referred to Rex as being such a good mate. If that's not foreshadowing for future romantic complications, I don't know what is. 
Now, I happen to like Matthew, so I hope he doesn't become a cad. I like Rex as well, but unfortunately, with Rex comes that joker bro of his. Methinks that the lives of Pip, Rex, Toby, and Josh are going to be intertwined for many a year to come. By the way, did you take note that the returning Grundy, Alf, called his retirement-age sibling, Eddie, bro, as well? That sound you may have just heard was my hand hitting my forehead in disbelief. And did you pick up on George calling Ed, Dad? I thought that was a bit odd. What do you think? Okay, now a bit about Helen and Rob. I wish I were a fly on the wall during the psychiatric evaluation. Did Helen even mention Rob's slap? I imagine not, as Rob had coached her. But did the psychiatrist ask her about any physical or emotional abuse? Regarding the use of antidepressants during pregnancy, certain ones can be used, but are indicated in cases of severe depression, which Helen does not presently have. It was odd that the psychiatrist gave her the option of taking them or not, seemingly without any follow-up. Scriptwriters, you should have used me as a consultant on this one. So next week, Angus and I are on a break. He's taking his first airplane trip as the two of us and a handsome husband will be on holiday in sunny Florida. We look forward to getting our daily dose of the archers while sipping on a piña colada poolside. We will tweet a photo or two. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Did you see my dumpty dum joke? No, what was your dumpty dum joke? How do New York psychiatrists like their eggs? Oh yes With a spoon! Yes um, How did Brian This is a very good point How did Brian let himself get talked into this stupid Bloody pageant pants with Linda? Brian's never done any no. The only time Brian would ever do any form of amateur dramatics is if they did something like, you know, Forty Shades of Grey and he was allowed to molest uh, Kirsty or something. You know, he, there's no way he'd get... If he thought there was a chance of him getting what, his leg over... What's it, wrong with the might... missing 10 degrees? Oh, sorry. Well, I don't know. What is it? 50? 30? Yes, 50? It's 50 Shades it's of Grey, 50. isn't it? Ah, blimey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's nonsense he didn't sort of he's never ever had any he's the only person who can deal with linda really he just takes the mickey out of her and the idea of him sort of caving and going yes all right then i'll be you know he just wouldn't do no, it he wouldn't he's do dignified it yeah, for no. a start um and he would also see himself as actually being too busy yes yes you, you know, know. A, a bit like you know david would never do it because he's just actually just too busy yeah Except David really is. Exactly. Sitting yeah. around watching golf on the television. Yes. Um, and yes, I didn't notice George calling Ed dad. I did. I absolutely did. Because where the hell is William? We haven't heard from William and Nick for ages, have we? No, we haven't. Another storyline that's been conveniently tidied up and put away in a cupboard where we'll all forget where we put it. Mm. But it must be confusing for, for, for the poor lad. You know, so, but yes, I did. But no, bolt right. William, no, William sees um, Georgie mm. every week, doesn't he? They've got very, very strict um, uh, access agreement. You know, they're in the same village. It's not like Georgie is ever going to forget. The, the that thing William is, the, dad. the thing is, the. Th- because the thing I don't understand is that George has called William 
dad for how old is he now? It's about ten, isn't he? Yeah, for ten years. Why would he suddenly start calling Ed dad? Does he call Ed dad and George dad and William dad? Because that's <laughs> really going to piss William off, isn't it? But we don't know because William's apparently died, as we never hear or see. He wasn't even at his dad's 65th. Or maybe he's just on some shoot somewhere, you know, beating or whatever. We tend not to do shooting at night for obvious reasons. <laughs> I don't know, you country folk. You're, you're all weird and peculiar. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have a death wish, though. Mm. All I've got to say is I noticed it too, and I thought, what? And... I thought it was a little bit strange because he is a little bit old to uh, start changing yeah, what he calls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Did he? Because he called him Eddie, but he called him Ed before, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Mum and Ed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very odd. That probably heralds, as it's as it's a thing. Mm. That probably heralds the return of William then for another row. And and race race. Well. Yes. Oh, how I miss the days when the biggest stress we had was William and Edward. And Edward. Punch up in the ball. Mm. Oh. Cain and Abel. Yeah. Uh, what else did Witherspoon blather on about this? Uh, that was it, really. Really? Yeah. Oh, goodness. I hope you've got lots of email or inners. I have. I've got uh, a very funny one from Feek. Go on then. Um who, as a result of you saying reminded me of reminded you of Reek last week from Game of Thrones, mm. I then had a horrible dream about Reek and that horrible bit where they're chasing through the forest and they rip the... Uh, uh, anyway. Um, oh, do you remember when he had his thingy? Yes, shut up. Ah, la, 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 la. Um, Did it right. grow back? Probably. No, I shouldn't think so. Hi, folks. This is one of my favourite emails we've had at Dumpty Dum. Hi, folks. I'm a man. <laughs> I said last week that I have a wife so I'm a man oh of course modern things mean that I could be a woman but I'm not anyway as a follow up to my email last week I've just started watching Mr Selfridge on the re- recommendation of someone at work and in the second episode I thought hello I recognise that voice and very quickly realised that the maitre d' at the restaurant is none other than that Rob Titchinob. It was only a quick appearance, so I've not yet worked out whether he's a goodie or a baddie. But my instant reaction was to not like him. I know that's totally logical, but hey, that's what I thought. That's not logical at all. I think it's perfectly reasonable. Mm. On the subject of Clary, I appreciate that new Clary is actually new old Clary, but I prefer the old Clary as opposed to new old Clary. Perhaps we should call her current Clary to avoid confusion. To me, current Clary sounds as though she's trying to be Pam and that doesn't work. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Yes. She does sound quite pam In fact, when she first appeared, Twitter was full of people going, is that pam uh, Obviously, it isn't. Stephen Perkins. Wait a minute, is pam still getting work? I'm worried about her. pam is a stalwart. She is amazing. She is still touring. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does huge tours, um, national tours, and she is booked up within about a minute of it going online. Um, and she still appears on Radio 4 quite often. And she's, yeah, bloody brilliant she is. There's something quite warm and cuddly and sexy about Pam is, as a little 12-year-old me seemed to remember. Oh. Like, you really just wanted to nuzzle into her bosom type of thing. So yes. Just like, yeah. Like I don't Pam like her poetry, 
oh, I wish I'd looked after my teeth as they foamed in the waters beneath and all that. I don't like that. But I do like the anecdotal stuff she does about... Uh, she's just very good about just being an English woman of a certain age with her husband who gets on her wick and going to the garden centre and keep fit and things like that. She's just very accurate. She's kind of like a very, very gentle, quirky, quiet most of country Victoria Wood, really. She's great. I was going to say, you're a bit like Pam Ayres then, really. You've kind of described yourself there. <laughs> you know, minus the poetry, but just put in, you know, double entendres and like, you know... <laughs> Rude bits. Yeah. I'm hats crossed with round the horn. Um, oh, I wish. No, yes, uh, that was a very nice comparison. Sadly, unwarranted. But yes, she's one of my, my heroes. I think she's brilliant. Oh. And she's done it very... Like Victoria Wood, she's kind of done it under the radar. No mm. one knows much about her. She's very down to earth. She just gets on with her thing. And she doesn't go on loose bloody women or anything like that. Yeah, she hasn't got a big media profile, has she? Because I just no. thought, you know, she was probably down the benefits dole office or something. Yes. You tell him. Very well. Nothing could be further from the truth. No. Goodness. Mm. See, it is possible to be successful without parading your success around in front of everybody. So basically, she's not on Twitter tweeting 24-7 then? No, she's not. Good for her. (laughs) Stephen Perkins says, On your last podcast, you expressed curiosity about where we all are when we're listening to The Archers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did I actually say when you listen to The Archers or did I mean when you listen to Dum De Dum? Because... Oh, if that's I what I said, I meant dum-de-dum, to be honest oh, with you. Wow. Oh, well, he's told us where he is when he listens to the archers. Well, I'm not interested. Shall I not read it then? Uh, no, go on. <laughs> I have a 15-minute walk to the station every morning, so the archers is the perfect duration to listen to along the way. Mm. Due to my emotional overinvestment in some of the storylines, you and us both, mate, uh, this has led to a few embarrassing moments like involuntary shouting, Oh, you utter shit at Rob Titchener once in the middle of a quiet residential street, cheering loudly when Helen called Rob a bastard, and this morning shouting, Yes, Kirsty, yes, when she turned up at Blossom Hill Cottage on a rescue mission. I have started to think the people who live on my street suspect me of having Tourette's. <laughs> yes, with a... <laughs> I am still doing the clinging to the worktop, uh, as is Felicity, as she said in her call. Uh, yes, clinging to the worktop, still can't listen on headphones. Um, I will return to the headphones because I used to listen when uh, I listened, used to listen to the podcast when I was taking the dog for a walk uh, through Epping Forest in the mornings. But now I can't because I can't have Rob in, with me in the woods. That's even worse than just having him on my headphones. <laughs> so I have to listen to him in the kitchen when I'm usually holding a knife and chopping something and I can shout, oh, shut up. The second he appears, I go, shut up, shut up. Horrible man. Anyway, Cosmo in Sydney. Mm. Listening to Alf's return, I now fear greatly for Joe. You are a little ray of sunshine, aren't you, Cosmo? Assuming that all Joe sees is a happy reconciliation of his sons, and I do wonder if his farmer's lung will finally see him off. I'm not at all convinced Alf has reformed. We shall see. Mm. Right, I'm completely mystified by this. What has happened to the mafia story, he says. I was looking forward to machine gun equipped cows grazing the herbal lays at home farm, making brown offers he couldn't refuse. Although I think Justin may have already done that to Lillian. What, what, what? What mafia story? What's he on about? He's not on about the Russian nonsense, is he? I don't know. No one cares about that. Mm, that Matt's that, gone. That's a discontinued uh, Archer spin-off, sir. 
discontinued due to lack of interest. Mm-hmm. I noticed that Shula was not bothered about deadly Doc Dick's clothing when they met this, plus her use of the Prince Charles line about the meaning of love means she certainly seems to be regretting her life choices. I can see, <laughs> I can see a bit of um, a bit of a punch up over Docky Locky between Elizabeth and Shula. Well, it's not going to be a punch up, is it? No, it'll be it'll be a John Lewis punch up. What's one of those then? It will be all passive aggressive, tight lipped. Do you really think you should be moving on so soon, Elizabeth? Blah 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 blah. So soon from Roy. Yes. Because Nigel's been dead about five years. Yes, I know. But it would, if it was anyone else, she would be going, hurrah, get on with it. But as it's Docky Locky, she's mm. very protective, isn't she? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, can, if you think that you are entitled to go sailing in and organise a party in someone else's house and invite all your friends that they don't know, I think that does give you, that does indicate some sort of entitlement. Just whilst we're on this party thing, right? Yeah. Because I frequently... Yeah, well, just I'm going to Eddie's put party. Eddie's party to one side because I think that's a legitimate party, right? But the amount of parties that I had in Ambridge, which are completely uh, just plot devices for throwing yes. throwing people together, yeah. it's a little bit tiring. I know it's a little bit tiring. Oh, Ursula's about to go. Let's have a tea yes. and cake party. <laughs> you know, it's like what? <laughs> You know, and then, then it's a case of, oh, no one will be there. It will just be, be me <laughs> and Henry. That cup of tea. That's not yeah. a part, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, just say, we'll come round and have a cuppa yeah. before she goes. Yeah. Come back and say, come in and say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Hop in. Yeah. I know. Ridiculous. And and you're completely right. The the docky locky. Um, so welcome to the village. I'm going to, you know, come round to your house and, and <laughs> organise a party. It's bonkers beyond belief. You just write me. You, you just hand over vast amounts of money for the booze and the food, and I'll I'll organise all the, yeah. the that you don't know. You know, you barely know me. I haven't seen you in how many years? However, you know, it's... <laughs> shall I organise a leaving party for you, Roy? For now, just invite all my friends. You well, just give me loads of money. I'll buy lots of gin and invite all my friends round. You needn't even come. Actually, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, somebody did ask me the other day if I was going to have a little bit of a leaving day. But I think I'm just going to just just uh, scuttle off. I, yeah, go down, go down to Gatwick and just just to scuttle off and just uh, you know wave goodbye to Blighty. My mum, so contrary, you know. My mother for years has been saying, "Boy, go west, go west, right." So when I actually say I'm doing it, then she says. How dare you? you no, cons- no consideration for me and your father. What about us? You know, it, it's like, wait a minute, mum. You've been saying for five years I should, I should emigrate to America. And she says, no, I haven't. I, I, Lucy, I to say I was confused was putting it mildly as I was eating me, me rice and peas yesterday around the dinner table. Very confusing. So is she really upset? I can't work it out. She see, I, I, I cannot walk it out. I, I, I was sat there um, somewhat dumbfounded because she's been the biggest proponent for, for, for emigrating for years. But I don't know. I suppose the realisation is actually going to happen. It's just kind of hit her. Yeah. You know. Mm. Anyway. <sighs> so uh, we've got an email winners have been done. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call that, in Germany, they call that a Polish goodbye. And in... 
uh, there's a, we have an English. We used in the in the 1930s there was an English version of it. I can't remember what it is. And it's when you go, you just sneak off without saying goodbye properly. Uh, and it's yeah if when you go to a party when you're at a party and you know that if you say if you announce right i think i'm gonna make a move then everyone goes oh no have another drink or have another and then you have to go around and say goodbye to people and you finish up saying goodbye to people you never said hello to which mm. means you're then stuck there for another hour <laughs> saying hello and goodbye to them and then someone gets you another drink and then before you know it it's three o'clock in the morning and you're in a hedge so you do a polish goodbye which is where you say i'm just popping to the loo and then you just disappear and month? then it takes about 45 minutes later, everyone says, Did, where's, where's so-and-so? And then, and then you, yeah, so you're going to do a Polish goodbye. Mm. You know a part is a good one. When you go into the bedroom to get your coat and there's a couple rolling around on the bed. <laughs> oh, that was, yes. <laughs> that was you're thinking of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just get my coat. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'll leave it a bit. I'll leave it a bit. <laughs> And you open the door and go, how long do you think? Because I need to get my coat. <laughs> Thing is, you don't want them to be doing their business on your coat, no. do you? Oh. Unless you get the name and address to give them a dry cleaning bill, certainly. Mm. Yeah. Right, let's come back the other side with a touch of Millie and tweets of the week. Oh, oh, we've forgotten someone. Go on. Goddess Diva. Except it wasn't Goddess Diva. It was her daughter person. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Noah Grace here, who is Goddess Diva's daughter person. The reason I am calling instead of her is because she has lost her voice, she has a horrible cold, and she sounds really croaky, so she can't do it herself. So I'm going to do it for her. She is gives me a little list of things to say. So this is what she would say. She would say, Fuck's sake, new pip. Will you stop going on and either go see him or get yourself to answer as Ruth and David, she's written it like that, there has to be a better way to ask for and approve annual leave of fluttering eyelashes and saying, please. Carol is back, yes. Now just need her to kick the fuck out of Ursula in the village shop while Susan Carter films it for YouTube. Then grab Kirsty, Fallon, Lisbeth Salander, some pointy stuff and go after Titchy Knob like the warrior queens they are. If PC harassment carpet burns gets killed in the melee, I can live with that. Storky twat. I am annoyed at the introduction of Ursula. Not because she is pantomime, she isn't. Not because she is unrealistic, she isn't. Abuse is often a learned behaviour. What I am pissed off about is that there is now a woman to pin Rob's behaviour on, which was an editorial decision they got wrong. I'm wondering what the fuck he has to do before some people stop giving him the benefit of the doubt and this didn't help. Right, Amos, need to coordinate Rob killing shoes with Carol and the girl. Goddess Diva out. So yeah. I hope that was all right. <laughs> Thank you. Noah Grace, who was acting on behalf of Goddess Diva. Mm-hmm. Because Goddess Diva's lost her voice. Um, but it was a lovely call. And I think I think um, Noah Grace should ring in just generally anyway, really. I don't care. She doesn't listen. Um, she has a lot of advice uh, for everybody, Goddess Diva, which is very good. She ought to have her own advice column. And Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like Goddess Diva doling out advice (laughs) and she talked about pip Mm -hmm. being such a wuss sort of being you know please can i have a day please can i have some holiday you know she's employed properly on a farm isn't she she's a regular employee Mm. so she doesn't have to kind of prostrate herself to get um uh time off you know if she's owed holiday she can take it i mean i know it was short notice 
but it's it's just a bit kind of um it's a bit Lillian, isn't it? Again, it's a bit sort of flappy abouty and not very assertive. Well, I I think that's harsh in the extreme. I just think that yes, she's an employee, but she's also the employee's daughter, yeah. and um, they know that she's lovesick. And she would completely and utterly explain in somewhat of a sappy-dappy way uh, the reason why she wants a day off. That completely rings true for me. However, though I'm I'm all for love, uh, I do think it's all a little bit sappy and a little bit kind of, oh, come on. But as I said but before... She's, she's, how, how long did she know, Matthew? Was it like three weeks? She was in that cottage quick time though, wasn't she? First she date. Yeah. You know, she's one of those girls. Ah. You know, and he's definitely one of those boys. So um, they did speed through things pretty fast, didn't they? I just think she's, you know, <sighs> ah, she's putting all Josh's eggs in one basket, isn't she? She's kind of um, <laughs> taking things to, she is treating this hugely seriously mm. because she hasn't got, because she hasn't had much experience apart from that stupid Jude and Spencer. And, you know, she, she's acting like a 16-year-old and you forget that she's 21. Well, she's a little bit older than 21 now, isn't she? But, but then she has even less of a... Yeah, but Lucy, we've had this conversation before. If she can't be a little bit head over heels and silly uh, right. in her early 20s, when can she be? Cut yeah. her some slack. She well, she works hard, that, that pip. Let, let her kind of play hard too. Okay. You know? Yeah, but she's not. She's just wandering about mooning, isn't she? Sorry, and... that sounded wrong. She's mooning about. <laughs> I don't think the Fairbrothers right? would mind that at all if, <laughs> if Pip was mooning. <laughs> Plus it would give them somewhere to park their bike. Mm. Anyway, uh, shall we do Tweets of the Week? Oh, uh, no, we've got to do Billy Bell, haven't we? Because I interrupted you. Yes. All right. So for the second time of announcing, we're going to go and have a commercial... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Sojourn and come back the other side with a touch of Millie Bell and some tweets of the last seven days. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Nineteen fourteen, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria, Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. Millie Bell here. And we've had another big week, both on the Dumpty Dum Forum and on Facebook. So let's start with Facebook this week, uh, in which we asked uh, the question of what had grabbed your attention in TA this week? There were so many things happening. Uh, Quentin Bennett said, the background music, uh, aubergine preferences, book references, curtains, kitchens, fonts. Was I listening to a different programme? All I heard was Rob, and by the time I'd recovered, it was back to Rob and Ursula. 
After quietly thinking, you bastard to myself, it was Barrett Green. You're telling me there was something else going on? I'll have to go and listen again. Well, do, Quentin, because there was a lot going on this week. Jan Mitchell said the ominous arrival of Alf. I didn't know that Eddie had a brother, Alf, before today, but clearly he's a scoundrel. Oh, please don't let him hang around as long as he who will not be named has. He's been in and out before, Jan. I don't think we'll see him for too long. Maisie Jett said noted background music at the tea rooms when Helen and Fallon were talking Crimea River. How appropriate. Actually, it's one of my favourite things to do with the archers, Maisie Jett, is to listen to the background music because it is always appropriate. Frankie Ross said, reference to Diana Wynne-Jones' Howl's Moving Castle. Love all her books and HMC was my first. And many more in that vein. So if you'd like to go and see what others noticed this week, please jump onto our Facebook page. Just search for Dumpty Dum. And then like and join the other thousand likers. Uh, and I also talked about the fact that there was a sublime moment on uh, Dumpty Dum this week when Doctor Who got a mention and uh, The Archers is my secret passion because nobody really knows it, so there's no point in sharing it. But anybody who knows it knows that I love Doctor Who. And I just thought that was wonderful. And I just wondered, has this ever happened to anyone else? And Peter Mabbott, ah, Doctor Who, as public a passion as The Archers for me. Lucky you, Peter, I can't tell anybody. <laughs> and with a spoon, Pima Kosh, Wilson the 35th, also said, yes, the same, but Doctor Who is my public passion and Tia is my secret passion. Or is it the other way around? And Margaret Worthington pointed out that the detective in Happy Valley this week was surveying the carnage at the farm and saying, an everyday story of country folk <laughs> okay so we also um have our dumpstone forum of course and some fabulous things happening uh, on the forum uh people are talking about uh, whether we should get together and have an international recording of dumpty dum which would make royfield happy because i know he um uh, he likes as many people as possible to phone in with their dumpty dums uh there's a discussion about the grundy brothers versus the fair brother brothers uh, there's an interesting one about Kenton and whether he has a tied pub. And if it's not, why is he not uh, selling more uh, boutique beers? I think they're called boutique beers here. I'm not sure what they're called over there. Or somebody asking whether we've switched off because of Rob. And it was Catherine Jago said, would you let your children listen? And this is an interesting question because Jembe and I used to listen to the artists together and we can't now. I can't have her listening to something that is so depressingly awful over such a long period of time I don't think it's healthy for her so of course she knows about domestic violence and she does know the storyline because she asked me but I just don't want to hear that horrible manipulation day after day that's just an individual decision of course Paul Robinson asked about the remote control chicken house doors he's pointed out something really uh, that hadn't occurred to me but he's quite right how will they know that the last truck is in uh, when they shut the doors and um, that's there's some lively debates on all of those on our forum. So if you would like to go to dumptydum.com and then join in the forum, we would love to hear from you. So that is all from me for this week. Um, I am in high spirits because we have changed from summer to autumn and for the first two days in a very, very long time, I actually feel as though I can breathe. So uh, from sunny Australia to you wherever you are uh, please join in and i will speak to you soon Hooroo. thank you miss bell oh, can you hear my dad soaring is that i was gonna say somebody soaring what's he soaring
you know, you know, these are OAPs are like in the case of <laughs> chair leg, something he's just bored. <laughs> There's something about the the wardrobe in in my room. Something about the door, but you know. Dad just potters around. Oh yes, you know there's a there's a slight squeak on that door. You know, let's let's oil that and saw it down. You know, so I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, want to come in. I love your dad. No, he, he's he's busy in the other room sawing away, uh, but he's making his presence felt. You'll probably go back in your room and find that you're now in twin beds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, thank you, Miss Bell. Um, Lucy. Yes. Um, why don't you uh, crack on and tell us which tweets of the last seven days have been the bestest? Okay. A warning: most of these are about Rob. Sorry, uh, this one isn't. Uh, Skyzer said, "Did Jolene? Did Jolene say swing your partner or swing for your partner?" <laughs> I think probably the bad mood everyone was mm. in the Clary saying to Alf. Um, this is a rented house, so we want everything to stay where it is. Kind of would probably swing for your partner. Um, Ian at Ruther Ian said, would you call his behaviour controlling? And the answer is, does Lillian like gin? <laughs> uh, Morris Cobelt said, at the denouement, as Helen dismembers Rob, she should do so to the strains of Gloria Gaynor. All right, music editor? Yes, I think that's a lovely idea. Mm. Uh, the last rape scene, um, when Rob said, oh, I'm cold, blah, blah, blah. She said, I know a way to warm you up, Rob. This is Rachel Ware, treacle two. I know a way to warm you up, Rob. Can of paraffin and a Zippo. Absolutely. <laughs> and my favourite was There She Rides, says, I think... Oh, it's sweet of the week. It is. <laughs> I think that all babies born this year should be named after Kirsty, including Helen's son, especially him <laughs> <laughs> i named this boy kirsty yes excellent what would the male version of kirsty be Kristen, crispin or some another no it wouldn't would it probably christopher yeah kirsty's gonna be yeah you're right uh, it's just a corruption of christopher well done you're clever Clever. Well, I don't know. It might be that university education. The university education was not wasted in that I can work out what a male imaginary soap opera character would be called had she been a boy. <laughs> Three years on a student loan to produce that kind of gem. Fantastic. It's the end of the show, or at least we're winding down anyway, Lucy. Um, there's a quick note to go to dumdydum.com to visit our shop and to partake in the forum and just general things that happen on www.com. And um, there's some hot debate this week about the most irritating character and about the international dum-de-dum sing-along idea, which uh, Andrew Wright is trying to organise. If you want to join in uh, with this international dum-de-dum, um, go on to dumdedum.com. Now, if I can uh, just quickly backtrack because it sounded like I was uh, to the end of talking about dumdydum.com. Um, if I can get my acting gear, which is highly likely that I won't be able to, you might be able to order some Team Kirsty merch uh, this week. Uh, but if it's not there, it's because I didn't get my act together. But if I did, I did. If it is, I did, I mean. Uh, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> 
Guess what time it is, girlfriend? Oh, news, news, news of reviews. From the United Kingdom, we have... Procrastinating again, who wrote hilarious podcast, Random Tangents, not kidding. Clever insights to the Archer storylines <laughs> and two fantastic hosts, thank you. Also, big love to Royfield sub, Andrew Horn. And mm. lastly, we have a review from Hard Taskmaster. Oh, I'll say that again, sorry. And lastly, we have a review from Hard Taskmaster. Uh, absolutely cracking podcast, hilarious, good-natured archers, fun with sparkling, to and froing between the two very able hosts. Week in, week out. That's W-E-E-K, by the way. If you would like to help our little show and to help keep it on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can do this by <laughs> donating, by hitting the donate button on the side, or... You... <laughs> You can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about pint thirty. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumptydum.com. Or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message. If you can't get on to the website and you've got a phone, something that sits in your pocket, in your purse on your dresser side table or maybe on your little coffee table in your hallway like my mum and dad oh you can find us on social media specifically twitter where we're at dum dum i am at royfield uh i'm at lucy v freeman sarah smith is at sarah underscore smith and harriet is at shambridges on the book of face you can also find us by simply typing in dum dum and bumping into the growing band of like lurkers that live there um, he stopped soaring. He has. He's obviously sorted out the wardrobe, wardrobe door. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy, mm. um, do you have a sign-off for our listeners? Um, hang in there. It will. It's nearly over. And you can celebrate with a chocolate egg. <laughs> um, oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to remember to... I was very, very remiss last week. And mm. I did not thank Jan from Cannes for my Cinnabons, which arrived. They went over the road by mistake and over the road opened them mm-hmm. and then thought, who the bloody hell is sending us buns? And then checked the address and realised it was to me, not them. So returned them with apologies and they were delicious. They were lovely. And I had them for breakfast. Me and the children and Simon all had one and they were yum. Well... I had a little bit of a mystery this week. And uh, Jan from Can, you might just want to potentially put me out of my misery uh, because I had a note uh, saying that I had a package which was too big to get through my letterbox. So I had to go down the post office. So I went down the post office only for the man behind the counter to tell me they only keep things for 14 days and it's gone back return to sender. How did it take you 14 days to get to the post office? Because I don't live in the place that I own, Lucy. Oh! Exactly. Mm. So, I, I, so I'm completely and utterly confused. And now it was I'm thinking... me! I've bought you a huge thing. <laughs> well, um, can you send the huge thing back to me I wasn't sure if you already had now. a huge thing. If you've already got one, then now you've got two huge things. But... Mm. Oh, did you see that? Have you seen that? What, a huge thing? The man with two willies. 
It's no. a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Go- Google it. Google it. It's it was massive on Reddit about eighteen <laughs> months ago. They didn't uh, ask me anything. Yes, it was. Well, no, and he can. Both of them are functional. <gasps> both are functional, and are they like side by side or one behind the other or what? Side by side. No way. And 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 he swings both ways. Well, he would. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I kid you not, this is so all they. So many people have said, oh, this is just nonsense. But no, it's absolutely real. There is the photographic evidence and the ask me anything. on. And uh, uh, does he get trousers that fit him? Well, I, you just think, just as just as a child. Just, just, it was just uh, dress to the left or the right? Or do you well, plan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just parts down the middle. Really. It just <laughs> But no, and, and, he, and, he's, and he's very happy and he doesn't want surgery and well, yes. He's happy. Which one does he wee out of? Um, he can, you know what, I can't remember what he said about that. But, but, but I maybe he does. All I know is that they both work in all senses of the word work. Well, I'm kind of quite tempted to Google this now, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should, it's absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. You know, you'd think there is a massive uh, career for this person in, in porn, but they've they've swerved that and he has a regular job and, you know, 99.9% of people in his life have no idea uh, other than um, his sexual partners. Until they partners. find themselves standing next to him at the, in the gents. Well, and then he goes, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and then they think, eh? <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say he always goes into the cubicle. But, uh, right. yes, he doesn't want to shock anybody, but, uh, you know. What? Hey! <laughs> you, just, you just glance to your left or to your right, you know. But, <laughs> but yes. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, on on that. Uh, oh, no, oh. There, there is another note as well. Is that um, we were supposed to have? Um, oh yes, yeah. Mr. Bentink on the show this week. Now he is coming on, uh, but he's coming on in May. Uh, so if you sent through a question. Scarlet Sparrow did, I know. Thank yes. you, Scarlet um, Your question uh, will be uh, put to him then, but we will be having Terry Malloy on in about a month's time. So, we, yeah, so exciting times, exciting times. All right, so on that bombshell of the man with two penises, uh, <laughs> I think we can safely... And I know behaviours if they have to really? when they're feeling... When they're feeling... Um... When they're feeling what, Lucy? <laughs> Where are you going with this? I'm not. I'm going to shut up. No, but scrap that. Yes, blah 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 blah. No, that that would definitely be left in the edit. Uh, <laughs> so the men in your life um, display no, not the men. certainly. No, I was thinking some of the cocky men... behavior. Yes, some of the men at work. Mm-hmm. I'd say are very cocksure of themselves. At, at my corporate client, <laughs> quite often I think. I can't quite exactly. believe he's cocky only... bastard. To be honest, yes. Mm. Mm. Overly cocky. <laughs> He's too cocky by half. <laughs> <laughs> too cocky to be sure. He literally is. <laughs> cocky by half. <laughs> oh, that'll be a fantastic show. <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Well done. Well, what a note to end on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>